Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Hi guys, this is the e-commerce growth show Adriatic and today I'm really honored to host Dean McCullough. Dean is the integrated commercial lead e-commerce for Europe at the Kellogg company. He has pushed a traditional company like Kellogg's into the e-commerce and that speaks for itself about his skill and knowledge. Today in this webinar you'll find out why to go in marketplaces, where the pitfalls in your journey might be, how much will marketplace cost you, and how to measure the performance on a digital shelf and much, 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 much more. Please make yourself comfortable and enjoy the webinar. So I'm Dean McElwee. I'm the Integrated Commercial Lead for e-commerce for Europe for the Kellogg Company. So we work across, I work out of the Dublin office, so I work across um, retail, so the retail side of our business, um, the B2B side of our business and the D2C side of our business. So we've got some D2C business um, across um, Europe. We've got about six platforms in Europe and then one platform that we launched two weeks ago in the UK. So that's a new platform that we've just started up. And uh, you'll be talking about marketplaces today. Yeah, yeah. We are talking purely online today or are, is this some omni-channel also involved? In um, purely, purely online. And I can talk to both, quite happy to talk to both, but um, marketplaces, yeah. Yeah, so uh, actually we should start about what's marketplace in, in uh, its general sense. What does it mean? How, how does it uh, come into online? Yeah, so marketplace from, from our perspective is a online retailer who sells both first party from direct from brands like ourselves, and then also has resellers also selling on the platform. Um, and the purpose of having both first party and resellers on the platform is to get the lowest prices for the consumer. So it's really a place for the consumer to go and shop and buy virtually anything they want. I often refer to marketplaces as the hypermarket of the internet. They've got virtually everything that you want to buy all in one place available from both, both first party sellers like ourselves and also third party sellers who would sell our brands too. So and the Kellogg's is like first party seller on, on the, yes. the marketplace. And uh, when did you start um, uh, online? As a traditional company, like yeah. probably Kellogg's is, when, when did you start selling online? When did you start joining marketplaces and probably influencing them as well? Well, Kellogg's is, you're right, Kellogg's is over 100 years old. We, we're we're um, a very old company. We joined marketplaces probably about 10 years ago. Um, and I think where, where we really started to work more closely with them is in about the last three, four years. Um, what we have realized is that marketplaces... I think FMCG manufacturers are often in the place of thinking that marketplaces are something that they don't want to be on. And what we worked out about three, four years ago is that this is just another point of purchase. This is just somewhere else where a shop is going to buy your goods. Yep. And therefore, it's important that wherever, wherever the shopper shops, that we are there and we're doing our best to influence them. So Really about four years ago, we started deliberately targeting going after marketplaces in the various markets that we operate in. So why do 
traditional FMCG players, they, why do they not want to, to participate in marketplace? What's the reason behind? Is it the price or competitiveness? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a combination of all of those things. So typically FMCG manufacturers like to control the point of purchase. So we like to be able to go into a store, be able to influence the store manager to get the best location of our products in store and the, and the best prices for our store. With marketplaces, typically the pricing is very, very competitive. And so you end up in a very competitive situation with other players and with, with the marketplace itself. So we, we often find ourselves um, on the other end of the phone with Amazon, the likes of Amazon, asking us to fund the difference on pricing that they've seen. They use web scraping technology to go and scrape price the lowest price on the internet and that's what they match so they match, match the lowest price out there and then they ask us for the difference so typically that means it's a it's a bit more of an adversarial relationship than perhaps uh, the likes of our tescos or our as does as the businesses are um, and i think the manufacturers realize then that it is quite hard to compete in that environment, but I think with, with any marketplace, you have a number of different options. Um, and that's what we've been looking at. What is the difference between, let's say, going 1P and going 3P? You know, we can go 3P ourselves and get a, gain a bit more control over the pricing. And what does it mean, 1P, 3P? So 1P is typically where it's first party. We go into Amazon's warehouse and they, and they fulfill the goods. So typically that's the way most major manufacturers start off because it's a relationship they're used to. They're used to supplying a distribution center of a retailer and then the retailer supplies the, the consumer or shopper in turn through its stores. So typically in, in most major markets, most manufacturers will be quite comfortable selling to Amazon directly and then letting Amazon do the distribution. Yeah, and then it's sold by the Amazon tag. Yes. So then you'll say, you see, it's it's um, sold by and fulfilled by Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, so a 3P relationship where, is where we you will be doing the fulfillment yourself. So you will set up your own logistics and distribution. Amazon, purely Amazon or Allegro or any of the platforms will be selling for you. And they will be taking the payment, but you will be in the position to fulfill the order. So the order will come into your network, into your operation, and you'll be able to fulfill it. For a lot of manufacturers, um, this isn't that easy because we're used to having big warehouses that we distribute just to big retailers. So supplying individual orders becomes a lot more complex. Yeah. Um, but it can be done with, with a number of third parties who, who do do this very well. Okay, so probably this is also a difference between marketplace and, and a comparison shopping platform because yeah. comparison shopping platforms, they don't do any fulfillment. So they just enlist your products and then they let you deal with them. And Kellogg's probably four years ago didn't have, didn't have any platform to do the fulfillment themselves. So the, no one was probably the only option. Yes, and, and, and I think often with, with manufacturers, because we're using um, big ERP systems like SAP, um, we often need a third party to provide a merchant of record service, service for us. So in, in our case, we, we, are, we are setting up a 3P 
um, operation at the moment in Germany to supply Germany, Poland, the Netherlands, a couple of the, the, the regions around there. And the provider is providing a merchant of record service. So they are technically buying the product from us. Mm -hmm. They will be the authorized seller for us on Amazon, but we work very closely with them um, in terms of the assortment, the pricing, and what promotions and things we will be doing. So uh, on which platforms are you actually present right now besides Amazon? So currently we're on Amazon. We are on um, Allegro through a, a third party company that we operate with there. We're not, we're not doing anything directly there. So Allegro is one of our big ones in the CE region. Yeah. Um, and then we're also looking at the, the others, particularly in the region. So EMAG is, is definitely one we'd be getting onto. Um, next year, eBay, definitely. Um, and then also what you are seeing is a lot of omni-channel retailers starting to set up similar platforms. So Carrefour launched a marketplace platform on their website really? um, in, the, in the middle of this year. So, um, you know, that, that's also quite an interesting way for retailers to monetize the traffic that they're getting through, through their platforms. And probably now when we are in the middle of COVID times, it, this is the, the, the way of, of selling that's uh, it's bursting probably. But how about the fulfillment? Is it following the, the demand? So Carrefour is doing third-party fulfillment. They're not taking any product into their warehouse from, from these smaller suppliers. So they're doing entirely 3P fulfillment with, with the provider um, managing that. And that's a trend we're seeing accelerate across the region. Um, in the UK, we expect two of the retailers, Asda and Iceland, both to announce similar platforms inside the next 12 months. Yeah, okay, so uh, so then there we have it. Um, for the big companies, it's mostly it's uh, 1P. It's more, uh, it's more of, uh, ideal, the 3P's challenge. Okay, now, uh, and this is the question we ask all, all uh, our interviewers. So uh, if I'm a small web, web shop and I've just started my business, I've set up the WooCommerce, I've set up the Google Analytics, the Facebook ads are running and I'm spending mm. money there. Uh, now, when is the time to go marketplace or what are the steps to, to, for me to take to be successful on, on uh, joining the marketplace? Yeah, very good question. I think I think it's important to understand why marketplaces in the first place. Because what does a marketplace give you that your own web shop won't give you? And the difference between a marketplace and running your own web shop is when you run your own web shop, you've got to create the traffic. So you've got to be doing Instagram ads, Facebook ads, Google ads to drive traffic to your site and to be successful from that point of view. With a marketplace, what you're doing is you, you're buying a reach. So you're buying a huge audience of people who visit the site and visit the site regularly. So in the UK, Amazon, for example, as a marketplace, or so the marketplaces, 84% um, of the UK population in 12 weeks during lockdown visited a marketplace. Um, if you compare that to retailers, retailers only saw about 55%. So more people visited marketplaces than any other form of e-commerce in, in the UK. 
And what we see across Europe, if you go to something like um, Allegro in Poland, they're getting two mil 200 million plus visits a month through their platform. So with the marketplace, you're getting a huge number of people that you can now sell to. Um, and you don't have to worry that much about driving the advertising to it. Yeah. Um, so but there's the question, don't I get lost in the, you know, in the mess of other small e-shops and the mass of, of uh, advertisers? How do I, how do I stand out of the, of the crowd? Yeah, a very good question. Um, so, and it depends on whether the, the, the platforms do allow you to get data. So Amazon has re recently um, released conversion data so that we can see how much traffic is going through to our part of the website. But typically these platforms work on algorithms, I suppose like most e-commerce retailers do, and it's about understanding what that algorithm entails. So for the likes of Amazon, it's about having the right content, the right descriptions, um, making sure that you get ratings and reviews done um, to increase your ranking and then participating in the various promotion vehicles that they have. Um, so things like Amazon Prime Day. Um, in Germany, we did Amazon Prime Day this year and we launched with a great deal on Pringles and we got into the top 100 of grocery, um, the entire grocery basket in, in Germany for, for the three or four days there. Um, so really it's about managing the, the media side and the advertising side of these platforms because that's very key for them to monetize the revenue there. Mm -hmm. um, but also to manage the basics, like making sure that your descriptions are right and all the content is right on the site. So the content is really important uh, to be if you are particip participating in a marketplace. Or... Absolutely. You, you, you've got to have your descriptions right. You've got to, people have got to be able to find you. Um, and what, what I often say to people is when people go into a big marketplace and particularly in categories like ours is people don't search for Kellogg's breakfast cereal, although it's pretty well known. Yeah. Normally, normally they'll search for something like breakfast cereal or cereal. And you need to make sure that you've got all those search terms and keywords in your content. And so that the algorithm will find it and the search search algorithms will work. Okay, so, um, I, I need to ask a question here because now yeah. we are doing probably the same content that I have on Amazon and the same content that I have on my own site because I yeah. will probably be having the same descriptions. Mm. Do I have to worry about duplicated content? Uh, I mean, because of Google and CEO and Google is extremely, um, they extremely don't like duplicated content around the, the, the web. So do I have to worry about that? Um. I'd worry less about that. I'd worry about making sure that you've got the right information for the purposes of that place. So mm -hmm. on your own site, people may spend a bit more time browsing through your site. So you've got a lot more time to explain what your product is and what, what it does. Um, I think these are two very two different locations. And I think when we look at that, we've got to understand what am I putting on my own site and what am I putting on the marketplace? Um, what I typically do with our teams is if we are running a D2C platform, it will get the widest possible assortment that we have. So virtually every single product that we can sell will be on the D2C platform. Um, we will then sell 
a reduced range on marketplaces. It will still be a big range, but it won't be everything we have on our D2C platform. Okay, so make a selection. Absolutely, because you want people to still come to your D2C platform and they need a reason to be there. So they need a reason which may be the products I sell there will be different. The content will be different. It may explain things in more detail to me. Um, than I can get on a marketplace. A marketplace, you're going to have to fit within the format of the marketplace. Whereas your own site, you've got a, you've got a wide variety of things you can do. You can control whatever you put there. Okay. Okay. So then we have many channels. So one is uh, Facebook, then it's Google Ads. Now the marketplace is actually an additional channel of uh, uh, to sell my goods. Uh, how much does it cost me? Depends on the method you follow. So and it depends on how much you spend. So 3P, depending on the platforms, you can be anywhere sort of between 12 and 16 or 17 percent if you're going 3P. On Amazon. On, that's likes, likes of an Amazon. Um, for 1P, it really depends on the negotiation, but it's going to be over, definitely over that, that sort of 15 percent mark because you're going to be paying them for the warehousing and the logistics and things yeah. like that. Um, they're going to be asking you for things like breakages and, and, and shrinkage in their warehouse and damages in their warehouse. They're going to ask you a percentage of that. Um, so that they're going to quickly, quite quickly try and negotiate those charges upwards um, because it covers, it covers their, their costs. Okay, that's quite... It's quite a lot, and I don't understand why I'm trying, why you're trying to, to make a, a 3P uh, approach to the marketplaces. Yeah, so the, the reason for us looking at a 3P approach is that there are multiple marketplaces across Europe. Um, so the way we're looking at it is we're saying that within all these, all the different marketplaces within all the different countries, we have the opportunity um, to consolidate all the logistics and fulfillment through one provider and have five or six marketplaces going through the same infrastructure. So we can put the same broad assortment across five or six marketplaces yeah. and offer shoppers the ability to buy our products. Um, and then we can scale that infrastructure. And that's that's very important for us. So if you if you look at the UK you have um, ASDA launching a marketplace, Iceland launching a marketplace, eBay is already there. There's another one called OnBuy, which is doing very well. Um, and you've got Amazon. So you, you've got five marketplaces just to start. So if we can consolidate the infrastructure underneath there, um, we, can, we can get efficiencies. And the, the model that we're launching now makes us more profitable than 1P it increases our profitability by close to 10%. Because we're not paying the logistics and the fulfillment costs through Amazon, we believe we can do it cheaper. Yeah, you're just optimizing and yeah. optimizing it for more marketplaces. And it enables you to expand to other markets probably as well. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it enables us to, for example, set up infrastructure for Poland, for Netherlands, and a couple of others through through a couple of central locations. We don't need to be in every single country where we would be normally with with Amazon. Okay, so then you mentioned Allegro in Poland, and it's Carrefour, it's in France. Uh, 
what about uh, southern eastern europe that actually that's the part where i'm coming from yeah which are the players here yeah so so in terms of the players there we de definitely aliexpress is is there and emag from a romanian point of view is 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 relatively big um doesn't have the traffic of allegro allegro is definitely one of the bigger ones ones in the region yeah but and poland is much stronger regarding yeah, yeah. e-commerce than romania so yeah and and then what we're also seeing is the likes of the russian platforms starting to come through so people like wild berries um looking to expand into into eastern europe really russian, russian. platforms are coming yeah wow and, and I think this is the fascinating thing about European marketplaces is European marketplaces tend to work very well when they are regional marketplaces. So, you know, Allegro's got a, got a very strong platform. Emag's got a very strong platform. Um, they work very well when they're regional and they have an identity that caters to that local market. They don't, they, they don't want to expand or they are unsuccessful in expanding? Um, I think it's probably that they are unsuccessful in expanding. I think, you know, Amazon has expanded into the Netherlands. They've expanded into Sweden. Um, they clearly have the logistics capability um, to be able to, to, to manage the e-commerce side. I think from, from our perspective, it's, it's local identity and local knowledge, you know, that, that, that really makes a big difference. What are people looking for? What are people wanting to see on the platform? Um, and being able to personalize that platform to the country. I think, you know, a Amazon does, does a great job of providing a platform that is very much the same everywhere. Um, but some of the local platforms provide a, a personalized experience to that particular country. And in some cases, what we've seen is it's also quite a bit cheaper um, so Allegro is cheaper than going through Amazon um, for, for somebody like ourselves. So it, it makes sense for, for companies like ourselves to, um, to look beyond Amazon and see who, who are the large regional players that we want to be on. Okay. So again, uh, if I'm to go to, to a marketplace, uh, did you encounter any pitfalls when you were doing your exp um, expansion to marketplaces or what were the low hanging fruits? What were the pitfalls? Yeah. I, th I think there's equal, equal amounts of both, um, to be honest. Um, I think when you, when you look at marketplaces and you're going first party, um, in, in a traditional offline world, you'd go to your retailer and you'd agree a price and a promotion and, and you'd, you'd sell the goods. Um, so you can manage the, the paperwork and the, the claims as a result of your business pretty easily. Um, when you're dealing with the likes of a marketplace provider like Amazon, um, often what you'll find is that the way they bill is quite different to the way you're used to getting bills from the likes of a Tesco and it becomes quite difficult to manage. Um, so certainly we've run into our fair share of billing challenges and making sure that we, we're invoicing the right price and got the right pricing in the system for both Amazon and ourselves. Um, the second challenge is knowing what sells and what doesn't. Um, because 
marketplace platforms, particularly where a marketplace provider works, um, will try to sell different products and they will try to incentivize different amounts of um, purchase. So typically in a marketplace, the marketplace um, providers doing, where the marketplace provider is doing fulfillment, for example, like in Amazon, um, they will be trying to increase the number of products they sell because they want to sell bulk so they can cover the logistics costs of, of, of pushing the product out. Um, so what you've really got to do is you've got to make sure that you understand what promotions you want to run and how those are going to be different to the rest of your business. Um, so what we'll often do with marketplaces is we'll have a totally different promotion schedule to the rest of the business so that it, it looks different. We're not selling whatever promotions we would put on in a Tesco or a, um, any other retailer. Um, also what marketplaces do do very well with is they do very well with specific products because because marketplaces like to price match versus the, the rest of the market, it really works well if you come up with a product that they can't price match on. So if you give them an exclusive size or an exclusive case collation, that when they're doing the web scraping, they can't find that product elsewhere in the market, then the prices, the prices are going to be fairly stable and you're not going to run into a lot of trouble there. Exclusive so, um, products for Amazon. Yeah, so products directly for Amazon. Um, the, the, the other challenge there with, with the likes of Amazon and those marketplaces is learning how to do packaging specifically for those marketplaces. So Amazon has frustration-free packaging that it focuses on, um, which is really packaging that can survive the e-commerce journey um, because there's a lot more handling of your products as the product goes through the value chain. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, that's. Uh, I wouldn't actually expect that. Uh, you know that you had to set different pricing and different invoicing system for a marketplace. That that was quite a surprise for me. Yeah. Um, I hope it wasn't for you when you were uh, tackling the, the, that problem. Um, now, if we gave three pieces of advice for web shops that are starting their business that, that want to join the marketplace. I'd say from this uh, talk is mm. first, it would be go local, go to a local marketplace. Would I guess right here or? Absolutely. So if, if you're in a particular country, find out which the biggest marketplaces are in, the, in that particular country. So generally Amazon and eBay will be pretty much everywhere. Um, and AliExpress to, to, to a certain extent across the region. But be on the local marketplaces as well. They often have a lot of traffic going through them and they're very powerful um, providers of, of getting, a, getting your brand out. Um, the second piece of advice I'd give you is that if you have your own website, make sure you have a clear idea of what you're going to do on your own website and not just not just duplicate everything on Amazon. It's so a separation of concerns in a certain way. Absolutely. Be quite specific about what you're going to do on your own site and what you're going to do on Amazon. Um, and that comes from an assortment point of view, a pricing point of view, a promotions point of view. 
you know, you don't want to be running the same promotion on Amazon as well as your, your site at the same time. Um, use your site to promote at different times to Amazon to keep the, keep the interest there. And particularly if you've got own, your own site, you're a retailer too. So you want people coming back to your store as well. Um, and that's why you need to have a completely different proposition in the, in the marketplace world to your own site to make sure that you do that. Um, and then the third is marketplaces require a specific set of skills. So um, thinking that you can take the guy who goes and um, talks to Carrefour or talks to Tesco or talks to Aldi and Lidl and have him run those marketplaces. It's, it's quite a different set of skills that's needed. You need to understand the media value that those marketplaces have. They, they work well when there's lots of advertising on them and they work well when, there's, when you understand the content requirements of those sites. So it's, it's a real capability that you need in your organization to be able to do that successfully. Yeah, that's uh, so. That's specialist we are talking about. Probably people yeah. who really know about uh, this business. But uh, how do you in in Calix, I mean, you mentioned so many different platforms, and now the logistics that you have running, mm. and that there there are many data points points that, that you need to tackle. Which tools yeah. do you use to to handle this? You mentioned SAP before, but yeah, probably not for that. D data is quite a struggle. In any e-commerce environment, we find that data is quite a struggle. Um, so we make use of analytics tools to measure our performance on the digital shelf. So we, we have recently launched in our UK business a, a tool called eStore Media. Um, so we use that to measure our pricing, our promotion effectiveness, and the content that we're providing on those sites. Um, in terms of market share, we're not, we're not measuring market share on any of these sites at the moment. Um, and I think for, for us, that's one of the, the, next, I, the next things we need to tackle is what is our market share on these sites and how can we make the case for more investment? Um, typically in a business like ours, we're managing the shift from the offline world for a retailer through to the online world. It's still in the same same retailer, but marketplaces are generally incremental for us. So, you know, we, we can go on there and we're not worried about whether it's in-store Tesco or out-of-store Tesco, or sorry, online Tesco. Um, so generally data is our, our biggest struggle there. How do we make sure that we know how big these are, um, how, how big the investments we can make? So we, we rely on a lot of sort of publicly available sources that, that, that we can find to work out what the what the GMV track the, the GMV numbers are, the gross merchandise value, um, to see how big these platforms are, and then we'll we'll take a view on what that represents for us um, in in terms of the turnover that we might get from these platforms. And for example, what part of the the uh, revenue does online represent for Kellogg's? Very good question. So um, I, I think you've got to look at this in two ways. So there's the percentage of the total. Um, and currently we will go for the end of this year, we're projecting that we will be about 8% of the total European revenue online, total online. Um, but 
this year to date of the growth that's coming out of the out of the business we've contributed 29 percent of the total growth um okay yeah just the growth part 29 goes to online absolutely so we con have contributed through q3 year to that 29 percent of the growth in q3 itself we were over a hundred percent of the growth so so we were we were all the growth that was coming through the business so um i i think um when you're looking at this often what people say is online is fairly small it's only eight nine percent of your turnover but it's contributing the biggest part of the growth um and it's also a very important thing for a brand like ours we want to be where the shopper is not not where they or not where we want them to be yeah. so Typically, we'll sit there and go, yeah, we must push our Tesco in-store sales, our Carrefour in-store sales. But the shopper doesn't want to be there. So we must be where the shopper wants to be and succeed there rather. So you believe that the shopping goes online and it will proceed to go online in the future? Absolutely. So we, we've been tracking monthly um, data out of the UK. And what we have seen, particularly in, a, in an online world, is that um, when the first lockdowns happened across Europe, everybody started shopping online and there was increased shopping online. Um, it's important to understand within that who saw the biggest increases. So the biggest increases we saw was amongst um, retired people, so older people. Now, typically those, those older people would be the likes of my parents, your parents, who would be the, the last ones to use WhatsApp and things like that. They, they were the slow adopters. They are the ones who've jumped onto home shopping quite a bit across Europe. Um, and they're likely to stay because it's very convenient and it's very easy to do. Um, what we saw coming out of the UK out of the first lockdown is when, the, when they started opening things again, all the data that we've got points to the fact that some people stopped shopping online, but a large portion of them stayed, um, even though lockdown had sort of opened up. Yeah. So, I believe so the people are getting used to online shopping. They are losing their fear of uh, frauds and, and uh, online frauds, and they yeah. will stay here, and uh, the share of online shopping will just continue to grow. Absolutely. I think it's, it's very convenient, and you're right, you know, the, the elder people would have been concerned about would my credit card details be stolen or my debit card details mm. be stolen. Um, and I think we're getting very used to using our cards rather than going and drawing out cash and using cash. Um, so it's it's much easier to sit at home and use use my card online. Um, you know, I, I sort certainly see working from home since March now, um, my, my wife and myself have been shopping a lot more online for, for virtually anything and everything. Same here. Same yeah. here. <laughs> so, uh, Dean, thank you for this, uh, this chat. It was very pleasant and uh, very yeah. educational from my point of yeah. view. I really enjoyed it. Um, Great. Me too. So thank you very much.